Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, forward prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everyone. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby-related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi, everyone. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. I'm your host for Yoga Birth Babies, and this is our 100th episode. Wow, what a huge milestone. So in these 100 episodes that we've done, it has been such a pleasure to speak with so many of these amazing birth workers. And I hope that the episodes that you've listened to have enriched you in some manner, have given you information, given you confidence, helped you feel empowered about this experience of pregnancy and birth and motherhood or support person or birth worker, whatever you are on this path. So thank you so much for listening. So today we have Krista Nader and she's the founder and director of Kith and Kim and we're talking child care. So you have that baby and then what do you do? <laughs> sometimes you need help. Sometimes you're going back to work. Sometimes you just need someone to come in for a date night. Sometimes you just need a little mother's helper to help you on days that you just need extra hands. And Krista's going to go through everything you could possibly have questions about. How do you pay the right and wrong things to do with the nanny? What to expect? What's out of the scope of work? The difference between a nanny and a babysitter and how they get paid accordingly. And it was fantastic talking to her. Um, as a mother of two kids, we've definitely had our own child care and some issues come up. So it was really great speaking to Krista. And I hope some of her information is supportive to you and helps you get a sense of the support that you need to have a really functional family. Thanks for listening. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Krista, thank you so much for spending some time with me today. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? <laughs> I'm okay. So full disclosure for my listeners, uh, I've got the big one. Shay is homesick with strep throat, although he's kind of on the tail end, so he's, he's fine. But oh. if you hear little feet come up and speak to me, you know, I'm a mom. I'm a working mom. And <laughs> that's what this is. So just want, in case people are listening, like, who's that third voice? That's my little one. So anyway, I hope he does. I, I know. See him. <laughs> I tried to get him to come say hi, but he's, you know, I, I did do a little bribery. Um, you know, it's not good that he's sick, and so I'm giving him stuff. But just to, because I got to get work done today. He he has a brand yeah. new Lego set. Uh, care of, of Nana. So thank you. Thank you, Nana, for helping me get work done. Anyway, all right, let's get to our topic. Nannies, babysitters, that whole world. Many of our listeners have to contend with that, um, especially if you're a working mom and you want a family, but you do need someone to take care of your kids. I mean, daycare is always an option, but some people want, you know, someone in the house and make it a different, different, uh, journey with raising their kids. So I had to deal with this. I know a lot of my friends did and, and you're really the expert on this. So I'm excited to speak with you. So let's jump in and just tell our community a little bit about your background and what brought you to your current career path. Yeah. So, well, thanks for having me. This was really exciting. Um, yeah, I was, um, I, I had always grown up, I was like the person taking care of the kids. And, uh, and then I went to school, uh, for early childhood education. And, uh, while I was in school, I, I was a nanny for this family for two years. And that was just so awesome. Uh, they were like seven and nine and then we're nine and 11 when I stopped. And, and, uh, yeah, I went into the classroom and I taught second grade for a couple of years. 
and then I, during my uh, undergrad, I was also in as like a, what do you call it, like a teacher's aide in a public pre-K uh, kindergarten combination class in a public Montessori, which was awesome. Uh, and I just kind of fell in love with, with the interactive side of teaching. I love delivering the content, but I really love that relational side of really seeing a kid acquire new things and, and just in, in 10 months, it's like, they're a totally different person. And that was awesome. Um, but then when my husband and I were moving to the city, we, uh, you know, I had looked at teaching going back into the classroom just, uh, the next school year. And uh, there was a, uh, a hiring freeze. So they weren't hiring any teachers. And I wasn't New York State certified. I was coming from Texas. So some of my friends were like, well, you should also look at nannying. And I was like, what? You can make like money? Like that could be like a career. It's not just babysitting. Like they're like, no, it's like a real thing in New York City and, and a lot of places around the world. And I was like, okay. So I when I, I did an exploratory trip um, you know, here in New York. And I went to some job fairs for schools and I, I had a couple actually did have some interviews with schools. Um, and then I, but I also was going to nanny agencies because they had a pool of jobs, uh, got my first job there and then went and, uh, moved on to my second one when they needed to transition hours. And, um, and I was just with these families long-term and just saw a whole different world and, and it was just awesome. Um, so yeah, then I, I kind of was looking at starting an agency on my own and, and started to scale back from the job, resigned from that, went the yoga teacher training route, just was kind of spinning my wheels a little bit about where do I fit in this? And somehow that dream of starting an agency that was like four years in the making, uh, it, it ended up, I learned how to be a businesswoman. I was a teacher. I was like, my famous line is like, I'm not a business person. And my friends now correct me. They're like, stop. You're, you're a business person now. So. I say the same thing. <laughs> I've had my studio for 16 years. Right. I'm like, but my degree's in musical theater. And right. they're like, and then many people are like, you actually have done yoga longer than you did musical theater. So I guess right. at some you're point, official. you and you're I need to own the fact that we're business owners. No, it's a crazy world. Uh, never, if you had asked me 10 years ago where I would be, I would say like living abroad, working, you know, whatever. Like anyway, this is very different, very different and very fun. Life yeah. is crazy. <laughs> so I'm so happy to speak to you about the whole hiring of nannies. So a lot of our community is in the New York base and that's where we're going to kind of focus. But I think a lot of this, what you talk about screening and red flags and references, I think that can really go into any any situation where there's somebody um, looking to hire. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go into something that I will admit I didn't do so well. <laughs> um, you know, like I feel like many of us that are hiring someone to watch our children, we go in with a list and yeah. we're trying to really listen to what they say. But I'm sure there's probably a better screening process, maybe some red flags that you are aware of that just a parent may not be. So can you talk a little bit about how do you screen and what are some red flags? Yeah, that's a really good question. So um, just on the back end, our process uh, and what we do, we're really like recruiting matching families together. So we, when we show a candidate to a family, we are doing all of the back end before that. So for families, some things that, um, it's really important to do a couple of things. I mean, from the beginning, really the resume, you have to make sure that there aren't major gaps in the resume that they can't, you know, that they can't speak to. So, uh, I would say from there, you want to make sure what is the duration of time that they're in their position. So sometimes we get candidates who say, you know, 2006 to 2017, I worked in this job. Okay. Well, is that November, 2016 to February, 2017? Cause that's only three months or, you know, was it January to, you know, it could be a range of anything. So really just kind of verifying how long they were in each position, because sometimes that can be a tell of, do they, do they hop from job to job? That can be a red flag. On the other side, it's also, you know, take notes, uh, know if they say, no, this was a temporary position. The family knew they were going to put their child in daycare. So, um, I knew I was only going to be there for six months. If they tell you that when you speak to the reference, ask them why the position ended. Um, and really try to get that, that perspective, uh, 
as to really what, what really went on. Um, we also like to ask in reference calls, um, you know, is there anything that was a challenge? Because, you know, they might glow and they don't want to speak negatively about the person because that person really was there for their kids. But, you know, little things kind of creep up and sometimes it's little things become a pattern. So we do like to ask people if, if anything was a challenge. Um, minimum of three references is also kind of, that's what our agency standard is. And I understand that a lot of nannies actually are barred from entering um, our agency because a lot of them only have two references and they might be perfectly fine. A lot of times we do accept two references if they've had like one position for four years and another for three or one year and whatever. So um, a character reference is also great. Um, And also chances are they haven't, unless they're like 21 and they've only worked with children professionally since 18 or whatever, um, chances are they've worked as also as a barista or, you know, something in that outside of the childcare world, try to get in touch with that reference too, because that reliability is also important. Um, so yeah, basically just red flags looking for, you know, gaps in resume. Um, and then also if they can't really speak in specifics, um, they being the reference calls, I should specify. So let's transition to that. Um, reference calls is a huge part of vetting. Of course, um, I'm sitting on my exercise ball. So if it sounds like I made a stinker, <laughs> I was like, Oh my gosh, I wonder if the microphone's going to pick up these. Subtle That's changes. all good. I, I love that you're sitting on an exercise ball. It's good. So all the pregnant people out there go sit on your exercise um, ball too. <laughs> let's take that detour for a second. I was in a desk chair and I had never worked at an office when I, you know, and then I started doing more hours here. I was a nanny. I was with kids running around outside the city. And by the second month, my hips were aching, sitting in a chair, just aching. And I was like, all right, I'm taking the advice that I give to my pregnant moms because I'm also a yoga teacher, prenatal and postnatal. <laughs> I give them that recommendation, go get an exercise ball for your office. So I took that advice and my hips have not hurt since. And it's yeah, I'm the, so- <laughs> I'm the freak that sits on chairs at however old I am. We won't disclose that. I sit, as my son calls it, crisscross applesauce. Huh? I don't sit like a regular person. Me too. So. No, me too. And that was really hard to do in an office chair where oh. the armrests are up. And I was That's like, true. I need to move my hips. Um, <laughs> All right. So back to effectively so checking references. Because I, right. I actually remember calling one of the references that I'm quite sure, and we didn't end up hiring this person. Sure. I don't think it was actually a family. <laughs> that hired this, it really sounded, the person sounded too young and, and when I asked questions, just too vague, like it, she couldn't answer specifics yeah, about what, exactly right. what the nanny did, what were her responsibilities. So how, yeah, talk a little bit about effectively like, checking references. So that's a really a good point. Vague, here's the thing to keep in mind. This is what I always tell our clients who do kind of like consulting with us. Cause we do consulting and background checks and stuff on the side. I tell them you need to make sure that that person doesn't sound, they sound like a reporter and not like a salesperson. So a reporter will tell you, you know, just the facts they'll give their anecdotes. They'll say, Oh my gosh, we loved, you know, him or her. We, we they were so integral to our family. And we just like, they'll rave about that person. That's not bad but they will be able to cite specifics. A salesperson will just tell you, oh, they're great. They're this, that, you know, and they'll go on and on. They're the best person. Like she'll get the job done. She's always there, always available. And it's, and that's all they really can say. Um, and so, uh, whereas a reporter, you'll go, that sounds so great. Can you tell me a time when she really came through for you? Like, or cite something that they said, you know, if they say, She'll always be there. She'll always get the job done. Oh, that's wonderful. Can you tell me about a time when he really did get the job done? Um, And then from there, they can really go, uh, um, uh, yeah, um, like they do a lot of umming. (laughs) And and that's my first, that's my first tick in a call. And listen, just as you, your son is sick today, we're calling real parents. So just because in the first minute or two, they seem really distracted or that they can't form a sentence, that (laughs) is parenthood. And you and probably most of your listeners understand that so well. Um, they, a lot of times when they get on a call, it's even if we have calls scheduled. So even if they know it's like, Oh yeah. Uh, so she was our nanny for, um, for, oh gee, how they might stumble and that's okay. But when you get in the groove, you need to make sure that they understand, uh, and can clearly articulate some things. Um, we always ask them about a couple of things, communication style, 
their ability to take feedback, um, their ability to apply that feedback, you know, and, and also their emotional uh, stability in it. And not to be ageist, but it is a little bit where you've, if you've had a nanny who's been doing this for many, many years, that person usually can either uh, take feedback well and apply it and understand the role in the home is to support the family and raise the children in the way that the family wants, or they might be set in their ways. And then the flip side of it is the younger crowd, you know, sometimes it, it's feedback can be soul crushing. And there's research on this, how like millennials are not necessarily always resilient. So we have to kind of know our audience as employers, I guess, and, and kind of know how to deliver that feedback. And it's great to get that feedback from the reference. Like how did, how did she take it on and apply it? Um, was it tense, passive aggressive, whatever. Um, and the communication style with the children too, demeanor, overall personality. Um, and then what's another good question we ask, but, but basically kind of knowing if they have this, not just the basics on paper that every parent wants to know, but what is the relational side? Um, and, and though, and notice a pattern, that's where the red flags come in is if you notice a pattern between, that's why we say three references, um, even if it's not in childcare, because character really counts and it comes out. So, uh, that's a red flag for me. Another red flag in how to spot a fake reference. We have a whole blog on it actually. Um, but really how to speak, uh, how to spot a fake reference. Um, again, as you said, vague, um, do some background research on the reference, get their first and last name. And a wonderful thing you can do in like Facebook. I mean, this is the day and age we are, you can search in Facebook, not just by name, but also email address and phone number in the search bar. So, um, we get fake references a lot, full disclosure. That's why we are hired to do the job we do. Um, we get fake references a lot where even if the person sounds young, like, like you were saying, there's just, they're, you know, when you're talking parent to parent, it's like chummy, right? You're, you're all in commiserating in the, the, the hardships and the wonder, wonderful joys of, of parenthood. And so that's where, if your sense kind of goes up, they don't have that, um, openness with me. Sometimes they don't. Um, we've had references who are bonafide. We've done the Google search. We've done the search and they're a real parent. Um, and they just don't have that openness that a lot of parents that camaraderie. But if you don't feel that and you're like, is this person real? Search for them in Facebook, search them in Google, do a Google search of their email address, of their phone number, see what comes up. And then if you have the privilege of doing that with your candidate, look at their mutual friends on Facebook, look at their mutual friends on Instagram. I mean, we just caught a reference last week who said this person first and last name was a family they had worked with for three years. And that boy, that person sounded really young to have an eight year old. And it's totally possible, especially, you know, if you're, um, I mean, in New York, you know, we delay child, uh, we, we delay motherhood a lot into the thirties and forties. I know most of my friends, I mean, um, you know, they, I'm 32, almost 32 and they started having kids at 23, 24. So if, depending on where you're calling and what part of America, you know, or internationally you're calling from, it's totally possible that this person who sounds very young does have a five-year-old. Um, it's important to kind of do your background research on that person too. <laughs> what <laughs> the research so on the nanny? I remember when we were looking, you know, with Facebook, I looked at the nannies and got a yeah, sense of who they were. I wanted to get a sense, you know, are they going to be out partying all the time then showing up the next morning? You know, what's their kind of a sense of who they are? Well, and I will say like... Is that too invasive? Well, I, well let me be honest. <laughs> Like I play both sides because I think that when a nanny does in, in that person's free time and they're all like as an agency, they're legally protected things. Like we can't ask about if they even smoke cigarettes because it can be a, a health uh, discrimination. Right. So, but obviously if somebody shows up to your house smelling like cigarettes, you're like, I don't want that person around my baby. Like, I mean, my, you know, I have people in my families who, who smoke and it, and it does, you're breathing that in all the time, of course. Um, especially if they're going to be driving your kids in a car. Um, so all of that to say is I would, I would definitely do the Google search, but I would try not to, to make necessarily character or value judgments on it. I would go really on the references. I would go on what they say, like a question we always ask, it's on our application, top three values that you want children to learn from you to carry with them into adulthood. What basically, what do you think is the most important thing for children to learn in their life? And let me tell you, people who are really grounded, awesome people, uh, you know, who like 
they have character themselves. They can be out drinking and partying on a Saturday night. That's great. They can have tattoos. But if they know, like, those really deep character traits of empathy or, or you know, determination, resiliency, hard work, if they know that and they can articulate that and then the references also support that, like, you know, oh, she, you know, she was so great at explaining things to them and getting them to see the deeper meaning of things. Great. I don't care if she's out drinking. Like, you know what I mean? And you wouldn't either. I mean, no, I don't care that. I just remember we caught our nanny that at granted we also fired her. Um, she called in sick and we were Facebook pals. And so I looked back and I saw, and I saw what was happening the night before. So, all right, maybe that's not the best example, but you know, I do think something, yeah, what you're saying is totally valid. And I think that if, if it becomes a pattern, especially like, I mean, most nannies are not friends with their, like Facebook friends with their bosses, which is amazing that you were. Yeah, we were. <laughs> it's cool. I mean, that's cool. That's a different professional, personal boundary. And some yeah, we, which we cool. should talk about that because that's an yeah. interesting boundary. We'll get to that. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Um, But what other... So if someone's not using an agency and they're just lining up the interviews. Are there any specific, what other questions? I loved your questions about like values, interacting with the children. What else might be uh, important? And what also do you think parents focus on that are not important? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's so that not important. That's a hard question for me because I, I feel like if it's important to you, it's, it's, but in the bigger picture, like we looked at, Well, looking back, because we went through a few innings, when we looked yeah. back, we're like, that question, at the moment, it felt really important. And then yeah. we're like, hmm, probably was, not. Did you have any? I, cause oh, I, I don't remember. It was something about <laughs> cooking for the child and then, Wait, yeah, cooking. cooking. I thought you were, I said hooking with an H. I was like, what is that? Hooking, hooking, hooking the child. Cooking, no, that, um, yes. yeah, something about cooking and then it turned out. I think we talked about like, can you, if I leave it, ch- oh, here it was. If I leave a chicken breast in the fridge, would you know what to do with it? That's a really interesting question. Because like- we wanted, I didn't want to have to prepare every meal and then just leave it or <laughs> just have my kids fish sticks and chicken nuggets, which unfortunately has turned into that anyway. Um, <laughs> but you know, I wanted to know that the nanny could cook more than mac and cheese and I frozen see. food. And uh, all the nannies that we talked to said, absolutely. And then when I actually did that, it never worked out. So totally. maybe that wasn't an important question. So are there, you know, are there I things that you think? Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I would say the way to answer that is like not exactly answering. I would say as a parent and as a family, you really have to know what is important for you. And if you're hiring a nanny for the first time, you have a baby or let's say, you know, you just, you want to pull out a daycare. You don't really like the whole group anymore. You want an individualized thing and that's better for their sleep or whatever your reasons are. Um, you're hiring a nanny for the first time. It's really hard to not know. Um, it's really hard to know exactly what you need versus I have a client right now and they have a two-year-old, a six-year-old and a nine-year-old. They've had three nannies. They know exactly what they need and that's great. So I would say, think about your daily life what is going to be the most important for kind of the inner workings of your household? Um, you know, cooking that is super important to this family. So she was like, 
how is the cooking? How is that person's cooking? That was like very, she's like, we're not talking making lasagna every night. We are talking about making sure you can do more than the frozen stuff because they do eat really healthy. Um, but not to the point of like Gwyneth Paltrow healthy. Right. So like, so there's a realistic balance. Um, that's really important to them. They, her and her uh, husband are both working at all the time. And so when they come home at five 30, they don't want to cook until six 30 and do dishes till seven. And then they want to be with their kids when they're home. That's why you're hiring a nanny. That's the benefit of having a nanny is to keep the house kind of together. So I would say what I, and I've been on interviews where families have asked me questions and I've thought, well, that's a really odd question to ask because I thought it was just kind of a given. Um, and that, that just showed me that they were hesitant. So really think about maybe your priorities individually of, you know, is it really important to you that you have the baby's laundry done? Or is that just something like you can do one load on the weekend? Um, you know, if you have three kids, it's probably laundry is probably going to be more important. Um, you know, so just kind of knowing those things, I would say it's probably not important for families to focus on what the nanny wants to do in two to five years. Um, that's not really everybody wants Mary Poppins. Okay. Everybody <laughs> wants the nanny who is going to like start when the baby's young and then stay till the baby's 18 and like <laughs> goes off to college and everybody wants that. And listen, you know, this is what we do for a living. I would say in our two year history and even in the history of just being in New York and doing this nanny world before launching this service, uh, I maybe met five people total who have done that and stayed with a family for longer than 10 years. So really think about, um, you know, express that you would like them to make a year to two year commitment, but be realistic. I've also had families who were saying, this is a minimum two years, but we really want you to commit for five. And I was like, I am 25 years old. I can't tell you what I'm doing until I'm 30. So that scared me. And I declined the job and it could have been perfect. So knowing also what scares nannies away, mm -hmm. um, is important. You know, it, that's really important. So I wouldn't focus so much on, um, the long-term goal of the nanny, I would focus more on where they are right now, where they're going to be. Can they give a minimum year commitment? Because that's best for the children really and truly. Um, and, and yeah, ask them what their next year looks like, ask them what their next two years looks like school, whatever. Um, but try to let go of that. That's super that long-term. Yeah. Cause that, the ideal, who told me that when, back when I was like 19 years old, someone gave me this great advice that, that, uh, that good is the enemy um, of best. And right now, like, oh, wouldn't that be good if, if that could happen? Yeah, let's hold on to that. But right now, what's best for your children presently is maybe this person who's in front of you who wants to go to grad school in a year mm -hmm. or wants to start applying this year and then they might be gone. And it's, it's hard because we, you know, as humans, we want to control everything and but we can't. So look at right now, really realistically a year. Um, and that's really, I would say, the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah. I so, think that's great. We actually end up not taking a nanny cause she's like year, year and a half. We knew we need at least two years. And in hindsight, we're like, she was going to offer to cook our whole family meals. Cause, <laughs> and I know, I know I'm like, now we're like, why, why do we do that? No, we, <laughs> we had this amazing nanny in the beginning. And then, but what I didn't realize when we moved further up upper West, she was coming from park slope and it took so uh -huh. long. So then we, after a year and a half, we lost her. And then we had one, that didn't tell us she was vegan and would only cook, wouldn't cook meat oh, products, meat even breast, though I did yeah. the whole chicken breast question. Um, <laughs> and so we went through a few, but it was, it was a challenge. So I, let me talk a little bit about, let's ask about expectations because we always did part-time. I think our most hours are 28. So I, I, in interviewing people, I got a sense of what full-time nannies require. And I have to tell you, it was a little surprising. Um, oh. having never me personally having like that kind of official full-time job. Um, mm -hmm. and then what we were offering part-time. So let's break it up of expectations of part-time vacation, pay, all that stuff, sure. transportation, expectation of full-time nannies. And also what would a full-time nanny do that may differ from a part-time nanny? Yeah, that's, that's a really great question. Um, okay, so expectation-wise, if we're talking about longevity, let's just give you a little buffer that part-time is actually the hardest position for us to fill as an agency. Maybe that's why I went through several nannies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm just saying that, and the reason is um, part-time people 
are often not able to make a long-term commitment. So it's like, yeah, I can do this for six months or sometimes part-time positions are really looking for full-time. That's where that question that I I said, what is your year to two-year plan? That's important for part-time. But in terms of the expectations, part-time and full-time, generally speaking, if you want the person to stay long-term, try to give them equal footing. Try to make sure that, okay, I've worked part-time positions. I worked a part-time position when I was launching this agency um, because I had taken care of her since she was three months old and I didn't want to leave and, you know, whatever. So, um, you know, I would say that making sure that they get the same benefits that a full-time person would. So let's start with full-time. And obviously the the difference is scale amount, okay? So full-time person just, just remembering that this person is not, this is not a gig for them. This is not babysitting. They're a career person. And if you want to recruit somebody who's not just going to keep your kids alive and, and drive them somewhere, which we do want that, obviously we want them like to transport them and whatever. But if you want somebody who's really more active and engaged and will do children's laundry, put it away, organize their toys, teach them how to kind of, uh, go into like developmentally appropriate milestones, um, like chores and and whatever. And, and just like resiliency, all these things. Um, I would say that that's really what sets a nanny and a babysitter apart. And what also sets a nanny and a babysitter apart is really this notion of, of career. So nannies that like your career, well, not like your career (laughs) and not like my career, but like anybody who's maybe in the business world or had it, was employed by a boss. Uh, when your boss goes out of town on vacation, your pay isn't typically docked. This isn't like Starbucks where, you know, they close on Christmas day and you don't get paid on Christmas. Maybe they do pay Christmas, but the point is this: holidays are paid. Federal holidays are paid. Um, and in typically the big major holidays are paid time off. Um, sometimes that's full and part. I would say, yes, at part time, if the day falls on a holiday, Definitely make sure, like, uh, like um, Martin Luther King Day is usually a Monday, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if they normally work Monday and Friday, you know, like, and your kids have off of school, either, and, and you're like, please help me, and you need supervision, <laughs> you, I would say typically pay them time and a half. It's a federal holiday, time and a half for that. Or they have the paid day off if you're like, I want to be home with my kids. Great. They have off. We're taking a long weekend. Um, that, speaking of long weekends, sometimes that and I'm in a lot of nanny groups, um, you know, a lot of networking groups. And, and so like, I see stories of thousands of nannies, okay. Facebook and international nanny association, whatever, like the biggest thing I see people quit and resign their jobs for is when they have a family who's constantly docking their hours or constantly making their plans. Now the nanny's priority and now the nanny's problems. So let's say your family full-time or part-time, it doesn't matter. You're going to take that Martin Luther King weekend and you're going to give your nanny Monday off. And so you say, oh, okay, but we need you to like make up those eight hours. And then could you do two hours on Tuesday and then late on Tuesday and then two hours on Thursday late. And then the next weekend, like carrying it over and trying to give them hours. But the thing is that the nanny didn't sign up to work a job where it's 12 to 14 hours in one day. Um, and, and so, and also the flip side is, people will dock the pay. They'll be like, well, you didn't have to work, so we're not paying you. And I get that. Listen, I get it. Nannies are hourly employees. They're not weekly salary. So it's kind of like you didn't work the hours, so why would you get paid? And I understand that from the parent's perspective. However, while nannies are hourly employees, they still have a weekly salary that they have to rely on. So where this is in the industry, what we call like guaranteed minimum hours. So if reliably you need that person there from eight to six every day, that's 10 hours a, a day, 50 hours a week. That's their minimum salary. You want to have a date night? Fantastic. They might be available for that. Pay them 53, 53 hours or 54 or whatever it is. Um, then that's wonderful. Um, if, if it's like, Oh, Friday, we're going to take a half day. We're going to our weekend home or we're going to see grandma for the weekend. You can't dock those four hours from that person because that is one surefire way to lose that person, whether they're part-time or full-time that's one surefire way. Um, so that's best practice for part or full-time and often with part-time, especially again, I say it's harder for the nannies to last a long time. It's also harder for the families because sometimes families start treating it like it's babysitting and there's not that professionalism that is afforded to full-time people. So 
with that being said, treat your, um, treat your part-time person with the same consistency and respect as the full-time person and know that they're still relying on that $120 or $100 or $80 or whatever it is for that one day that you decide, you know, we're, we're going to be going away or whatever. Um, so yeah, that's probably the best practice to have, um, with, uh, a nanny. Um, yeah. And then just Talk like about sick a time. sick day, yeah, say, sick exactly. days and vacation too. Yeah. So sick days, this is, you know, every state is different. We require after the first year that you have three sick days for a full-time position. But, but I feel like a lot of those rules don't really apply. Minimum wage is also $11 an hour. You're never going to find a New York city nanny for $11 an hour. Forget that. Um, but so my point is that you, you really, uh, typically people are offered, uh, one week sick pay, uh, and two weeks paid vacation. And some families, you know, will say, uh, like they go away for the week between Christmas and new year's. Great. That like a lot of families will say one week are choosing one week you're choosing. And then that way, if they have a doctor's appointment or they have a movable dates that they have a wedding or whatever, they can use the, that vacation week, those five days. Again, if you employ them two days a week for part-time or three days, then you give them, you know, two weeks, which would be four days or six days, whatever. And then the sick days. Now I will say that some parents are like kind of concerned, like, well, if we offer sick days, they're going to take them. I understand that some people also, um, also like offer an incentive to pay them out if they don't take them because like, okay, great. That that's just like an added perk. Uh, that's not super. But you common, also don't want a sick person in your exactly. house. That's how I always felt. I'm like, <laughs> if you're sick and maybe I'm a bit of a germaphobe this nope, way, nope. I like every parent. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Who wants that? we've had, you know, we've had sick nannies and Yes, it's going to put me in a, a momentary panic. Is like, who's going to mm-hmm. actually stay with the kids? So yeah. I get that. But the other side is, then they might get my kids sick or me sick, and you know, and I don't, you know, and I'd rather the yeah. nanny stay home and and rest and take care of herself, uh, so right. that she can jump back in when she's ready. Right, and I and I think like the biggest thing, just touching on sick time, is. Um, a cold, some nannies are comfortable and they'll be up front. Listen, I have a cold. I have no fever. Just wash my hands. What do you prefer I do? Um, sometimes like I have a fever. I'm, I'm bonafide sick and I, I can't, I'm weak. I would say, um, just from my anecdotal experience and the experiences I've read that a, a really hard thing for nannies is when parents begrudgingly give sick days. And so, and like, you know, you'll send that text at six in the morning or the night before or whatever it is. And you're like, listen, I am not well, I have a fever. I'm starting to throw up or my stomach, whatever. Don't give the full details. Just understand that when your nanny says that they're sick, be empathetic, you know, be like, I'm so sorry to hear that. Just keep in touch. Let us know how it goes. I'll check in with you tomorrow or I'll check in with you this evening and, and see how you are for the next day. And then that way it's not like, when are you coming back to work? <laughs> Even though that's what you feel, because obviously you're in a bind, but know that it's a relationship. Would you speak to your partner that way? Would you speak to your kids that way? Would, would you speak to your boss in the way that's like, when are you going to be back in? Like, and understand tone and text message. If you haven't asked how they're feeling, it, it, it really comes across in like a really, like it can be Aggressive, a negative way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I understand your needs and I know this is my job and I'm here for you. Um, but I'm also vomiting. So let's not, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so just kind of feeling that out. And most parents, I will say this, most parents are like, don't come when you're sick. They just mm-hmm. say that and keep in touch. And so what I tell parents is if you don't want to put something specific down, that's totally fine. And you want to have the policy. We trust you. It, we trust your integrity um, just don't come when you're sick, let us know. But I would say on the backside as an employer, keep track of those days, Mm -hmm. really keep track of like, okay, well she was out October 23rd and then she was out November 15th. And then she was out December 29th. That's actually like once a month. And Oh, and those are Mondays or whatever it is. Well, that's what happened with our our, our second one is that she started to just not show up. And then like 15 minutes after she's supposed to show up several times, that's she so would bad. call. And so then like one of us yeah. is home be like, we got to go to work. And that's oh, when that. I looked on Facebook and be like, you were out drinking the night before. So. Even still, you don't, I, I mean, listen, 
that's another can of worms. But if a nanny is like supposed not to be showing up, that's, that's, that's stressful. That's, yeah. That's, that's not even stra- like, that's just straight up. Like that's a character. Ooh, she like, didn't that- last long. We'll go into that <laughs> later, but let I have one more question about expectations of nannies. Um, yeah, yeah. the travel. So just a little anecdotal from my side is the first nanny we hired, we said, you know, like, um, we'll, we'll, we can pay your MetroCard. And she actually said, she's like, Oh, I have an unlimited. It's fine. So I'm like, yeah, sure, great. Sure. And so yeah. we didn't, <laughs> so she's like, I have an unlimited. Right. You don't right. have to. Yeah, totally. And then, then another we had who actually lived in walking distance. Um, she was only like eight blocks away. She's like, so do I get a Metro card? Um, so talk sure. a little, which we're like, but you're talk able. about that. And I'm like, sure. but I'm like, it's sure. going to actually take you longer to walk up to a, <laughs> don't even worry. I know what you're <laughs> so, saying. So yeah. That's like where, what's expected? Yeah. So that's a really New York city thing. And I will actually say that's a really Manhattan thing. And it's, um, it's becoming less and less. I'll say this. Um, if your nanny is expected to take your children on the subway, pick them up from school and bring them home, you're going to be buying an unlimited anyway. Buy the unlimited, give it to them. Great. Wonderful perk. Fantastic. They don't have to have that money like taxed and yay, they have a Metro card. Great. What, where sometimes I get nannies who ask that question and I just say like, um, you know, well, I don't think that they're like, are they offering a Metro card? And I'll say, I don't think that you have to take the children on the subway. So I don't think they're actually offering it. Parents get really bittered where they feel like my boss doesn't pay for my transportation. Why should I pay for them? Totally hear you on that. Um, absolutely. Um, you know, I don't, if you're, you know, in a place where you're driving and not in New York city, like you don't get paid to drive to work. You don't get paid for that. You know, so I get it. It is more, if they're going to use it for the job. Um, I would say you're going to, it's so much more cost effective and it's like, just like a little icing on a cake. Like, Oh yeah, great. And it makes you look awesome and you're spending the money anyway. So great. I will say by law that if they're using their car, um, they have to be reimbursed for gas and, and, at the mileage rate that the government deems, because it's also wear and tear on the vehicle. Um, especially if you have like, now you're a car mom, Deb. So now you understand <laughs> it's like, it's like all the junk and the crackers and this and the, that, uh, it's also wear and tear on the vehicle. So we actually let I, our, on, on you, part of our, vehicle, we yeah. let our, our babysitter, I have, I don't have a nanny out here, I have a babysitter that does yeah. a couple drop-offs just cause my husband, I have to work and okay. she has keys to our car and she takes yeah. our car and Perfect. it's easier and cause the great. car seats are already there. So yeah. Most people do that. I would say most people have a nanny use their own car. Just make sure that, that you work out the insurance purposes on that as well. Mm. Um, because yeah. And, and also if a nanny is using, you're like, hmm, good, good point. Um, if a nanny is using their own car, they will have to change their insurance as well, um, to, because they're using it for work. So it is important that if that's happening and they might have to pay a higher premium, that's going to be the employer's responsibility. And again, it's like, why should I pay that? They're using it for work. Well, using it for work because you're requiring them Mm -hmm. to use it for work. So again, little things that can, you want the nanny to stay long-term and it's not that you want to be taken advantage of, but you don't want it to be a source of contention or bitterness. So, um, and then also just the flip side, just one last thing too, is like understanding that while like babysitters, like I, like I said, I was a babysitter. Actually, I was a babysitter when I was nine years old. If you can even imagine that, like how horrifying that is. (laughs) so horrifying. Um, but that's who I was and it was on my block and you know, whatever it was like till 10 at 30, you know, extra money. Like, wow, you made $10. Congratulations. So, (laughs) um, but you know, my point is that we have, and, and it's like domestic work in general is seen like with this, like, Oh, we'll just like pay them, whatever. If you're really employing someone professionally, you have to understand that they're by law, a professional employee. And so there are payroll companies that make all of that paying so much easier, whether it's part-time or full-time, um, those folks, then, then you can legally pay the person to protect yourself and they can get the benefits of, you know, they get, they fall in your house and they're not suing you. Yeah. That makes sense. I want to move on to their thoughts on nanny cams or just okay. an effective way to check in, to make sure that the nanny is caring for the child or children in a manner you expect. And, and again, I bring this up a lot from my own experience after we fired the nanny that 
drank and called in sick, we actually had the exec, uh, the assistant director of my son's preschool be like, I'm so glad you did that because this is what I saw. And I had even mothers be like, she just kept your daughter in the stroller at the park yeah. and wouldn't let her out. And I'm like, why didn't what? anyone tell me this yeah. during the process? Like while we had her for at least a year and a half. So That's I was really, time. yeah. yeah. Um, so, so, what, so, you know, we never did a nanny cam and I guess we expected our community to speak up, but they didn't until after. So how can a parent kind of check in on these things without seeming too creepy? No, I mean, that's a look, you can't have a nanny cam follow you to the playground anyway. And we do see all these <laughs> like, I saw your nanny on the phone at the playground. It's like, we don't know the situation. So there can't be there's a level of like ratting out and that's your community. And I wish they did tell you like, yeah, I was pretty upset. Yeah. Or like, um, here in New York city, we have, um, a lot of, uh, I don't live in an, I live in an actual house, like a multifamily house, but a lot of parents here live in apartments with doormen, uh, or neighbors. And, and a lot of times those folks will speak up too, if they like see, you know, like the, just the baby's always like the, the toddler's always crying and getting into a power struggle. Like we feel like you should know, hopefully your community would speak up, but on your end, the best that you can do without making yourself a basket case either, right? Like you don't want to worry about those things. Um, but I would say there's a couple of things you can do. First of all, nanny camps are great. Um, but I always, in, in our client meetings, even we ask them, do you use a nanny cam and are you going to disclose it? We as a general policy and no judgment if a parent chooses not to disclose it, but we say it's really best for the relationship if you do, because imagine if your, your partner was spying on you and then you found out that they hired like a PI to like track your movements. That would be really, really weird. Um, I would say that just disclose it because if they find the camera, then they're going to be like, I thought we trusted each other. And I, you know, most nannies will be totally comfortable working on their cameras. And I, I often tell parents, talk about the elephant in the room, tell them, say, listen, we have a nanny cam. We have a nest cam. We have whatever, gosh, this isn't like a nest commercial, but <laughs> we have these, these cameras in place for you. And I want, I just want you to know we have them because not that we're going to be checking up on you. I just really miss our babies. And I just want to check in on them. And I also want you to know, I'm not going to be texting you and micromanaging you. I'm not going to be saying, no, don't hold him that way. Or I saw on the camera that you didn't fold the laundry this way or that you sat on your phone for 30 minutes while they were sleeping. Like that's why often um, nannies don't want to work with cameras is because their bosses maybe in the past, you know, nannies, just like you, you're hiring a babysitter. Now we all bring our histories into new relationships. So if it's your first time hiring a nanny, you may not realize that they, you know, they, they maybe worked with a family where they were micromanaged by a camera. And so that's why they hate it. It's not because they want to sit on their tush and watch TV while your baby is in a car seat <laughs> or just playing on the playmat crying, right? Like they, it's because maybe there was something there. So it's awesome to just address that elephant in the room and be like, we just want to see our kids. We want to feel a little bit a part of it. Um, and also we have it for security. We want to see that the dog walker is coming in at the right time or whatever it is. Um, you know, I have a client who says that they got, they had an S cam in their kid's bedroom because it's the, um, it was the monitor and they could access it anywhere. But then when they started going out of town more and they had this huge, um, they like upgraded their aquarium. They said, we got the second one because we were afraid if it like overflowed or busted or there was a problem with the pump that we wouldn't come back to an, a, a messed up apartment. And I'm like, that's wonderful. So I think that there are ways I've always worked in homes with cameras where the families have told me like, look, I just want you to know we have this camera. And so we can access it anywhere. And honestly, they never micromanaged anything. Of well, me. I also think like, do you think having, just knowing it's there is going to change behavior? Because as we say this, I'm going to pick my wedgie in peace. <laughs> yeah. You know, but not just that, like I, maybe I'm just lazy sometimes, but I don't think I would sit there and be like, let's watch, even if I'm fast forwarding through eight hours of footage for the day. Like, I don't think, do you know many parents that would, or it's more like if it's there, X, Y, and Z like will not happen. You know what I, I mean? Say, yeah, I would say it's both. There are some parents and listen, you hear these awful stories. And, and the reason why we hear awful stories about really bad nannies or dangerous situations with kids is because it doesn't happen that often. Um, and so when you hear like, like of that, the trial that just happened in New York, like 
that is so rare. And I understand. But would a nanny cam have picked that. up some of the stuff exactly. before? Because you wouldn't, you may exactly. not have that in the bathroom. And, and would somebody be watching it? You can't it? have it in the bathroom, first of oh, all. That's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. Let's exactly. keep that private. Let's keep no, that but, space. Okay, it doesn't matter if it happened in the kitchen. The, the issue is that you're not. I think if anything, cameras, especially if you have anxiety, everybody has anxiety when going back to work, especially with the baby. I think it's really important to address your own anxiety and to address your, uh, am I frozen? Okay, good. <laughs> I was like, I froze for a second. It, but you have to address your own, um, anxiety a little bit and kind of understand like what's, I often say this in my yoga classes, like what's the thing behind the thing? What's the motivation for getting a camera? And yes, security, you want to have it there, but are you, are you going to be that person who, where you're coming back from maternity leave and, or maybe it's just the first week or two of having a new nanny. Are you going to have your phone next to you? Like totally distracted in your work, getting in trouble at your job for watching the camera all day long. Is that going to be you? Because that's really going to also affect you. That's going to affect your mental state and that's going to affect the relationship with the nanny. Um, so I would just kind of say that even having a camera doesn't prevent things and the things that it would prevent, like, like it, it, I, it's exactly as you say, like knowing that you're on camera. Yeah. Maybe you're a little more lively, but also understand that, that just as you as a parent need a break, the nanny needs a break. Um, sometimes we get people who inquire about our services and they're like, I don't want to take, pay that person to just sit around while the person naps while, or, well, you know, while the kid naps, I hear that mentality, but also understand that a nanny needs a break. A break. <laughs> I, I mean, when my kids break. nap, it's the best time of day. I mean, right. Shay doesn't nap unless he's sick, but when Sage goes down, it really, it's like our family break and we need right. that. I get that. Fold the laundry, make a, like, to, like take it easy. Yeah. You want to check their Facebook. They want to call a friend. They want to just, it's okay to not to like pay them to have a 45 minute to an hour. Yeah. Lunch. I get that. And that's fine. But I think that's where people just the nanny cam thing gets a little weird. Cause like she's sitting on her butt all day. Well, uh, you know, she's sitting cause she just was outside in the heat for two hours or in the cold for two hours in the rain. And it's okay to, to sit and let the child play by themselves, unless it's like not your philosophy to have them do independent play. And then that's a conversation you need to have. Um, and you need to have, again, getting back to like the pre-screening questions to ask in, in, um, an interview, ask them, you know, what's their philosophy on play? Do they, do they, are they the person who's going to be constantly entertaining and constantly talking and in your child's face? Or are they the person who wants to do a, a mix of that and then step back and observe? Are they the person who subscribes to like a hands-off totally wry approach where they like, they don't do a lot of guided conversation. They let the child take the lead. Um, so you just kind of have to, you know, feel that out too. But um, just that was a caveat there. <laughs> no, I'm glad. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I want to go into boundaries because... Yeah especially with a full-time nanny where they are truly in your house and in your life and in your family in a way that no other employee really is. I mean, they come in, I remember my nanny would come in, I'd just be getting out of the shower, you know, like, so yeah. she, I mean, my nanny was in the apartment when Sage was being born. I mean, like, you know, yeah, with both of them. So, you know, oh like, you know, so there, there's this element I wish where I, could have been your nanny. Okay, go. <laughs> I know I tried to get you. I really did. I um, so I feel like there's this weird odd movement of boundary so where the family sometimes I think feels the nanny is more part of the family than the nanny may feel because the nanny still knows she's being paid where do you know what I mean so you know the nanny's there early to late knowing everything that's going on mm-hmm. setting boundaries and again so the parent may feel like well this person's really a part of our family and yet the nanny's like but I have my own family and yes. I see you and you're my employer so does right. that make sense like it's this oh, weird it enmeshment sense. so let's just uh, start to wrap job. it up after this but it's such a sure. weird thing so it's the boundaries relationship um 
I think it's probably, especially like, except for like a home health aide who's taking care of ailing parents, um, or whatever, uh, like ailing elderly parents or, or whatever. Um, anybody who's working your home, it's super odd. They, as one of our clients says, who's pregnant with twins and has a two and a half year old right now, she's like, we were recruiting for her and we recruited her first nanny. And she said, listen, she's like, this person can't be approved. I mean, it's going to be just like boobs Boobs. out for six months. I was like, I understand. Yeah. So the point is you're probably, what other time would you as a boss have, like, you're going to have, I mean, maybe you're employee won't see your boobs. <laughs> well, I used to, yeah, I used but, to breastfeed at, uh, and pump at the studio. Right. So everyone saw my boobs. <laughs> and I mean, it depending on your comfort level and theirs. So I would just, and obviously you'll, you'll see their comfort level like real quick. Um, and anyway, I would just say it's, it's hard to gauge bound their personal boundaries in an interview. Um, you don't know how comfortable they're going to get in your home. Ask the references from that side. How was her presence in your, in our, in your home? That's awesome. We ask that question a lot because like, do they leave their cups in the sink at the end of, end of the day? Um, do they kind of like, we've had nanny, nannies before, uh, nannies who the family said like, yeah, I mean, they work, we kind of had to clean up after them. And it was like, wait a minute. No, no, no. Like, don't get too comfortable. This isn't your home. So we ask nannies that a lot, you know, what are professional boundaries too? Because I want them to say, we're raising kids in the way that the parents want. We we want them to say, um, you know, this isn't my home. I want to, you know, like leave it better than I found it, whatever. Um, the boundary is also understanding the boundary in the world on the, let's go to the, the, the employer side. Um, for you to understand if the, if a nanny asks for a day off, don't ask why, like that's their personal business. And, and also if they say, Hey, what time, um, you know, can I leave a couple hours early? I mean, that's a little bit different, but if you, if you want to ask you, if they're not offering the information, don't ask, I would say, um, because it could be personal in nature. It could be, they have a doctor's appointment and they're really afraid and they don't want you to think that like they're unhealthy or whatever. It just, it, there's a personal line where, if you at your job would not have to say why you need a day off, kind of treat it like that. Um, second of all, you can ask, how was your weekend? Awesome. It was great. And then the nanny can say, oh, we did this or not. You don't have to say, what did you do this weekend? Personal, um, <laughs> personal boundary. Um, and then, you know, also just kind of, I say this because it can be really hard for families to, when personal boundaries have crossed and you have this really nice personal relationship, it can be really hard to scale back professionally. Um, so, you know, if you know your nanny's plans and you're like supporting, sometimes I've heard families say, yeah, like the nanny got really personal and then started to kind of tell us about financial trouble. And then it was hard for us because then it was like, is she asking for a raise? Like, and we can't, you know, so that's another, uh, professional boundary. And then just also understanding that like, boy, we've had a nanny before where the family wanted her to get something out of the bedroom. Most nannies don't go in parents' bedrooms at all. But like understanding that if you send the nanny into your bedroom, keep it a little um, tidy where they're not going to see questionable things. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave it at that. Um, but most people are like, yeah, it, it, you know, and it's just the way it is. So, but also understand that there should be this like <laughs> that phrase just came into my mind from like meet the parents. What is it? Circle of trust. Oh yeah. Oh gosh. That sounds so bad, but there really is this, like, that's where it feels like a family. You're there. They might see you and your partner get into a little argument. Never, ever put your nanny in the argument ever. Do not, especially like a lot of times in these relationships, because it's typically a woman nanny or it's not usually a male nanny, but if it is, it same applies, especially I would say more so moms don't try to be best friends where you're sharing confident. Um, like don't make her your, your confidant. Don't bounce things off of your nanny as a friend. Um, even though that nanny is going to be like, is your friend because you're co-parenting and you want to be close with that person. Don't bounce information off and don't ever talk negatively about your partner or be like, you know, my partner wants me to do it this way, but I don't agree. You can make like little jokes, but also understand that like, that person is also your nanny's boss and that person is also your children's father or mother. You know, you want to make it where 
it, you're not throwing that other partner under the bus. Um, don't put, get in the middle of interpersonal relationships. Um, and if you're having a tense argument with your partner, like go breathe. Like we'll talk about this later. Have a go to, I can see me and my husband being like this. Cause our, our disagreements go like, no, 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 no. Like you have to breathe and realize this person's not a part of the family. Like we'll talk about this later. Have a go-to phrase. If that's hard for you and your partner to get back from the ledge, <laughs> like, I think we'll revisit this, you know, so boundaries, man, they're hard. It's, it's hard to gauge and it's hard to set them, but, but remembering those things, it's important. I think that's really, I love all that. I will say we, my babysitter and I have a running joke about my husband's cooking, um, because <laughs> <That's lighthearted. laughs> you know, cause she's with us. She comes, we have her, um, two to three times a week at night, just for two hours from five to seven. I call it the witching hours. Oh, so every night, na- how'd you find her? Awesome. She's amazing. She's truly yeah. amazing. But there'll be some days where Joey leaves food and, he means well. He really does. Um, but right. he, he's kind of like from Chopped where he'll look in the fridge and be like, I'm going to put this, this, and this together. And it's a That's 50% of the time, it's great. And then 50% we're like, hmm. So... <laughs> You know, so we should be like, so who cooked tonight? Um, so that's kind of our running joke. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, which, yeah. you know, keeps things light. Yeah, exactly. And but I, I mean, do think, I think awful. the boundaries, it can, because you know, this person's in your house and they're really seeing everything. Yeah. And so yeah. I think. You'll want to be best friends and it'll be natural. And especially six months to a year in, you know, you're sharing personal stuff, but. It, yeah, you got to keep boundaries. You know, you have to have, especially, and just the last thing is that, you know, especially if you're a a mom of a new baby or something, you're like, an adult is here. I can talk to an adult. And it's like, yay. Um, Just remembering who that adult is and that adult's role in your life is to care for your kids and not to be your therapist and your best friend. Yeah. It's (laughs) like, I think it's like nanny diaries. I think they're like, and this one's actually hired to watch the mom. (laughs) (laughs) It's, you know, I've been in that position before. And I mean, the nannies have to know that's a boundary for the nanny to understand, like be there as a support, especially if, if it's that within the first year of a baby's new life, they just need an ear, be yeah. that support, but don't divulge your own personal information, right. but that's a nanny side. So if we have nannies listening, fantastic. Just kind of understand your role there too is, is not to be supported by your boss. You have friends outside. You're there to support the family. You are there to support the mom. And if the mom starts crossing into personal things, call me. <laughs> we can talk about how to deal with it. Just send me an email. But really just, just, I hear you on that. That sounds really difficult. Avoid giving big advice, um, or especially personal advice between a, a marriage or a partnership, Absolutely. Um, you know, that you don't know anything about. So yeah. are there any last minute things that you want to throw in that we didn't cover? Man, I, I, we got there a lot. I think we did. And I would say, well, somebody just is having a birthday in our office. So <laughs> get to and celebrate with her. <laughs> no, happy birthday. It's all good. <laughs> Um, but I would say, I think we really covered a lot. I, I would just say the bottom line is this, a lot of parents want the perfect person, like I said, to stay 10 years, but even above that, you know, they, they sometimes will go, um, we, we can often go on our gut and sometimes our gut is because of our biases and of what we've seen other nannies from similar cultural backgrounds or similar ages or similar weight or whatever. And I think that my job as a recruiter is I help um, parents see the person as a whole in terms of their philosophy and their manner with children. So we're not talking if the person has poor hygiene, you know, whatever, like we're not talking about the extremes. We're talking about how does that, uh, how does your nanny really, um, foresee discipline strategies? Do they take, again, do they take your feedback? Do they take your guide? Are they cooperative? Do they work together? Not, um, I think sometimes just us as humans, we tend to stay with our tribe and we stick with our biases. And it's really important because you're, you're hiring somebody to come in your home and yes, you want them to raise their children just like you would. That's super crucial. But you also raising your kids as you would is really a philosophical standpoint. It's not really, um, did they cut a strawberry the way that I do? (laughs) I've seen it. Um, you laugh, but I've seen it. Um, but, and it's also like, 
you know, do they, I don't like the way that they're phrasing this. Okay. Can you help them? Can you, there in any type of relationship, it's very, very rarely that it's love at first sight when you're hiring on your own. And if it is, that usually means that you're relying on a bias of like, I feel comfortable with this person. Well, scale it back. Don't offer them the job in the interview. Scale it back. Have a trial. I recommend at least a two to five day trial because that person is going to be committing to you also. So they're going to stop their search and you don't want that person to commit to you. And then you change your mind and say, actually, oh my gosh, this person can't cook at all. And I don't really like how harsh they are, or they're just not that talkative, or they seem a little on edge, whatever it is, have a trial before you offer a job. And then the flip side is you also don't want them to say yes in an interview. And then two weeks in or a month in, they're like, this family's crazy. It's not good for me. And then they quit and you're up a creek without a paddle. So it works both ways. Understand that if you get that immediate feeling of connection, there's some truth to it. Just explore it a little bit more. And if, if you don't get that immediate feeling of connection, but you're like, I don't understand on paper, they're amazing. And they had all the right answers. Why am I not comfortable? Look at that think about why you're not comfortable. What is it about them? Explore it. Is it And maybe you want to have that trial and be like, oh, okay, I see why I'm not comfortable. It's because this person doesn't have that, you know, initiative or, or personality with the kids or talks in the manner that I want them to talk, whatever it is, you'll kind of feel, you know, there is such a thing as a gut instinct, but then there's also like that, that gut instinct, (laughs) but there is also the flip side of like, just, I've seen clients before hire somebody in an interview and it didn't work out. And it was like, yeah, because they were your friend and they connected well with you, but not with the kids. kids. Yeah. So that happens a lot. And some nannies don't interview well, but they're amazing with the kids and references will attest to that. So, and a trial will attest to that. So even if you're like, yeah, great, you know, check your bias a little bit, see why you feel connected or why you don't feel connected. These are, um, that's a fantastic piece of information. I think we all need to just in general, just check your bias. Where is this coming from? <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Krista. So I make sure in our show notes, we have a link, a link to your company and that, um, I think you said you had a blog on there. Yeah. Perfect. We have a blog. So Kith and Kin, I'll make sure all that information's out there. And so people can find you, um, those in the New York area, if they're looking for some support and those that are not, you can still read the blog and just get some more support for the endeavor of someone raising your kids uh, other than you because it takes we do a tribe background checks like we do background checks and reference checks if that's like overwhelming to you that's the way to vet you gotta have somebody doing background checks oh well this <laughs> has been great yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much thank Deb. you all right we will chat later take care bye This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies, produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.